I'm George Setner, and I authorize local bar podcast to use George Setner and Stray's music for this episode. You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking at it right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm yours, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, all the places you get your good podcasts. If you want to follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Local Bar Media is how you do it. If you want to email the show, chat at localbarmedia.com and patreon.com slash localbar is how you can support the show. Uh, hope you're doing well. I've got a great interview coming up here in just a few moments. George Fetner, namesake, patriarch of George Fetner and the Strays, a band out of South Carolina that is absolutely phenomenal, comes on the show to talk about songwriting, working with tons of different musicians during this COVID season, all that stuff. Got a great interview coming up with him in just a couple of moments. COVID season. I hope that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. Remember? Do you remember? You remember back when Chad Prather from the Blaze TV Network and I did that show as about May of last year. Remember that time that Chad and I got together and talked about how, oh, this COVID thing will be gone by June. Yeah. I I wouldn't take any more of my... If you've been listening to this show, you still listen to it now. And, uh... <laughs> and you're taking what I'm saying for face value. God bless you. Uh, I do want to say I had a really cool opportunity this week. I love going on other people's shows. I, I don't do it often, but every time I do, I, I, I always have a blast. I guess it's just fun being on the other side of the microphone. I, I had a conversation the other day with Lisa Mustard. She uh, she was on the show, I believe, last year. I'm pretty sure last year. Uh, and she had started off her uh, Lisa Mustard podcast. She is a uh, she's a uh, therapist, health nut, uh, great person, high energy, a lot of fun to talk to, great ideas. She started another podcast called the Midlife Magic Podcast. Really cool show. Check that out if you haven't. It, it's certainly worth a listen. It's a unique show. Uh, I like Lisa's style. She's a lot of fun to talk to. Great interviewer. Kind of put me to shame. She. Uh, don't 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 come back here expecting anything uh, near the same. So, uh, but uh, really enjoyed my time with Lisa the other day. If you uh, have listened to her show because of her uh, interview on here, you might want to give that other one a shot. It's a, it's a really cool show. So, uh, episode with me I think comes out sometime this week, maybe next week. I don't know. I don't want to put any uh, any any constraints on her. I. Uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the interview this week with George. We're going to jump right into it, but I, I kind of want to preface it by, by saying this. Um, the band that I play with, Duncan Sims and the Accused, has had a couple of gigs lately. Been a blast. It's, it's been awesome to be back out there playing again. Played at, that, uh, at Foxfield, the place I brag about all the time, and then Savage Craft. If you are in the South Carolina area and you are cutting anywhere near Columbia, 
you need to go give Savage Craft a try. It, that is an impress. First of all, it's just an impressive building. It is a really cool place. So so check it out. Uh, really cool brewery. Really great uh, music. Great stage. Uh, and a lot of cool folks that went. We had a blast with that crowd. Uh, but it's been fun to get back out and start playing again. Looking forward to getting around to some of the other places we haven't seen in over a year. And uh, and it's uh, it's one of those things that you know, we my band kept practicing a lot during COVID. We we went a good period where we didn't, but when we got back together, man, you could tell instantly we had been missing it. It was fun to get back together and start collaborating again. And it, it wasn't it wasn't all about the music. More on that here in a moment. Uh, but first, I'm dying to bring you this interview. George is an an amazing, talented songwriter. Uh, he is also a very amazing and nice guy. And I, I've I, ever since I've met him personally, I started digging into his music a little bit more. He is uh, he is very well schooled in what he does. If you look up any of his music. From this show, it is very apparent how how talented he is. But the musicians he plays with are incredible as well. Uh, Here's my conversation with George. I'll talk to you on the other side of the break. We met up to see what we could find. You showed up with a lot on your mind. A couple of years ago, I, I was playing with Don. It was Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths, and we had the the opportunity to play at the White Mules, a really cool music place in uh, downtown Columbia, South Carolina. And I didn't know much about the band that we were playing the gig with. And I remember walking in. Uh, I had to leave for a second. I came back, and I walked in as they were in the middle of their first song, and they absolutely blew me away. Since then, I have been a big fan of uh, not only this guy, but his music. Uh, joining us today is not only the namesake and the founder of George Fetner and the Strays, but ultra cool guy and great musician from the South Carolina area, George Fetner. George, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Chad, thanks for having me on. I hey, really let, appreciate it. Listen, I, 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 love, I love having you on. I, I, you know, I can't tell you... Uh, how much I I was so impressed from that first time that I saw you. You know, like a lot of bands in Columbia, I've heard your name, but for a band to have such a different and unique style, along with some absolutely amazing musicians, 
I, I'm actually surprised that I hadn't heard of you before. How long have have you uh, been around? How long has this iteration of your band been around? Well, um, well, first, yeah, thanks, thanks for that compliment. That really means a lot, you know, hearing that. Um, and I and I remember that show that you're talking about at the White Mule. That was a really fun, fun show. Um, we we've been around for a while. You know, the first couple years that we played, we really didn't do a whole lot. Um, we, we did a one-off show for, for Jerry Fest, um, I think back in 2013 or 14. Um, and in the years that followed that, we played one or two gigs just, just, just to kind of do it. And then got a little bit more serious and released our, our debut EP in 2018. So we, we played some more in 2017 and then kind of started building off of it. So 2017 was really kind of a year that we said, let's, let's kind of start, you know, doing, doing more and, and, and making, making some more consistent decisions about, about going forward. Now, a lot of the, the music that you play um, does have this really soulful Southern kind of vibe to it, along with more of like a, a Jerry Garcia uh, mix thrown in. Um, you, but the band will change from, from gig to gig. I mean, don't get me wrong being a part of bands that have if you have more than three members it seems that happens from time to time but you guys do seem, seem to fluctuate a little bit um what's that like for you as a musician setting up places that you want to go i mean does it do you get to collaborate with different folks i'm not quite sure how like for the, the, the horn section you have do you have different people that come in from time to time to fill in or do you pretty much have the same set of people that kind of fill in with the band yeah, so we we have a, a more set um, band right now. It's a it's the 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 band that everybody you know wants to play with, and, and I'm talking about the people in the band. Yeah, it's nine nine people total. So um, so that includes a, a set horn section, um, and we we try to we try to stay with that. Uh, but you know, to your to your point, we've got some some dates coming up, and and the band's going to be a little bit different depending on the show. Um, it's just with nine people sometimes someone can't do a show sometimes somebody can sometimes we'll get a sub um you know but it's uh, it pretty much this nine piece is what we try to do every time because that's really where we feel the most comfortable and, and it's uh, the band has been sounding really really good the past couple months that we've been rehearsing for these shows uh, but yeah typically it's it's this set group but occasionally we may sub people out if, if someone can't make it just toward the nature of the beast. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, where are you from originally? I'm from I'm from Charleston. I grew up in Charleston, and then came to Columbia for school in 20, 2004. Okay, all right, gotcha. Um, so it's it's funny. I I was I'm a little bit older than you. I want to kind of tell my age here uh, a, a <laughs> bit. I was in Charleston uh, in the late nineties. I'm at the College of Charleston in the late nineties, mm. and it's one of the things you know people ask me about. You know, one of the questions I get a lot from my music friends is, what was it like being, you know, in Charleston in the 90s when, you know, the music farm was king and there were a lot of bands that were going from Charlotte to Atlanta that would that would drift down there. And there was a really cool and I would I would I would argue for the time a very eclectic music scene that didn't exist anywhere in the state. I, I think now we've got great venues all over the state, especially in Columbia. Mm -hmm. But one mm -hmm. of the things that I love about your music is your music takes me back to that time um, more probably more so than anybody else's to be quite frank with you there's um, 
that 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 southern style, that Grateful Dead kind of feel. Um, you know, obviously with the new album you got coming up that we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, Merry Runaround, that's going to be uh, streaming August second. That, that those are covers of Grateful Dead and and Jerry Garcia music. But um, you've got that you've got that feel in your music, and and I so love that. Is that something yeah. that you had from growing up in Charleston? What what was what was kind of like your influence to kind of get you started down the the path of music that you're on? Yeah, you know that's that's a really great insight. I, I you know I don't think about Charleston as much as being this kind of influence, but but you definitely bring up some thoughts of, of growing up there. I mean, when, when you grow up on the marsh or close to the beach and, and you're in a place like that where there's a lot of sunshine and and, um, and it can be uh, any, anything that just relax is close by. Uh, I actually grew up um, less than five minutes from the Charleston Courthouse. Oh, wow. When it, was, okay. when, it hit, when it was, you know, getting started there. So it was really easy for me to see that kind of music. Um, but the other thing about Charleston too during that time was that I grew up going to see lots of lots of you know classical and jazz performances at the College of Charleston. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I went there more than anything in, in high school, and uh, and then just being able to see bands. I mean, there are bands that played out on the street sometimes, um, you know, and it, it was really easy to see lots of different kinds of music down there. And I think anything that I heard and still you know today anything that i hear is is some somehow going to influence your sound um but i think you know a big part of of why we sound that way is because we all like to improvise uh and that's that's the biggest thing um nobody in the band has uh like identical um music libraries you know uh we we all have different strengths and and weaknesses in terms of what we've listened to and not so when you get nine people together who have various interests it becomes a really nice melting pot and i think that that's probably maybe where some of that dead influence comes because that's you know an american melting pot band and those are the kind of kind of bands that we tend to sound more like are those um you know kind of rhythm and blues bands that that did improv you know improv in in the 60s and 70s um kind of all melts together like that How's the past year been for you? When you when you look at what COVID's done, I mean, obviously, a lot of us weren't playing for a long time, so a lot of people use that as time to either jam or or kind of figure things out. But a lot of people weren't able to get together and jam. And you know, for a band like you said that that has that kind of feel, I mean, obviously, a lot of your music is probably written or at least inspired by how all of your different sounds come together. Mm-hmm. Um, how has this past year been for you? Has there been uh, you know, obviously, we, we probably know some of the struggles, but but what kind of silver linings have you gotten out of it that's really kind of propelled you guys forward to get ready to, to come out to where you are now and be performing and ready to go with new stuff? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's if, if you'd asked me this, you know, um, six months ago, it would have been sort of a different answer, I guess. But But, you know, we didn't get together. We got together once. Uh, over in, in October and outside of that I had a, another musical project that I was working on a piece that got debuted at the Columbia Museum of Art this past May so I was working on that uh, and then I was doing a lot of a lot of like sketching writing I mean not nothing that really came into full songs but 
my my sort of creative bandwidth could only really take hey like write down these ideas you know write down licks write down phrases write down um you know scenes and and i've got this whole backlog of stuff that i'm forming into songs now but we got this opportunity to to play virtual jerry fest and and that's um what led to this new album coming out essentially trey judy from the white mule called us and said hey i think we're going to do a virtual jerry fest would you guys be interested and we had to just make sure that everybody in the band felt safe um because that was in october and once everybody felt like this was going to be an okay thing to do we went in and said okay we're going to have one rehearsal at the warehouse where they're going to do the stream and then we went in you know a few days later and, and did the broadcast so that was huge for us i mean it was like you haven't played with your band in months and all of a sudden you're back in a room together for one hour to, to nail these tunes it was emotional i mean it was really emotional and 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 just surreal um and it was like you know being in a familiar situation that you hadn't been in for so long but a, but a situation that you've been in for most of your life mm. um so that was huge and then luckily you know the recordings came out really well and we just said we, we thought maybe we'll, we'll we'll throw a single out we'll throw one of these tunes out and we started listening it's like well all these tunes sound great let's let's go ahead and get it mastered and let's let's release it as a live album because it was it brought a lot of a lot of positivity to our band you know in a time when we, we couldn't play that much so it was a uh, this album is you know the silver lining if you want to call it that because that's without being able to do that we wouldn't have been able to to make the album and kind of you know get our get our act together and start to play live again so yeah the um the album that that uh george is referred to here it's called uh, Mary Runaround. It's coming out. It looks like it's going to be streaming August 6th. It's a bunch of covers uh, from the Jerry Fest, which is uh, something that we put on in Columbia every year. It is great to see it at least have, in some iteration, um, with, the, with the virtual uh, Jerry Fest last year. I, um, I really think that uh, you know what you do, what you guys do with your sound is, is phenomenal. And obviously, I can't wait to hear this music because I'm... I, I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic because of the way the band is set up and put together. You know, one of the things, getting away from the covers real quick, though, and I'm just kind of curious, yeah. staying on the uh, with what you kind of had to go through this past year, I, I really love your songwriting. And I think not only just the just the lyrics, but just your, your abs, the way you construct a song, the way the band comes together and, and lends whatever it wants to with it. But, you know, you, you kind of create the foundation and the skeleton for everything with the way you write songs. You know, I haven't talked to that many songwriters. Um, obviously, oddly enough, on the podcast coming out of the out of the uh, pandemic just yet. If, if, if knock on wood, you can say we're doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious though. What what was it really hard to keep yourself from going down maybe like a darker rabbit hole, more a, a more lonely rabbit hole when you're reaching inside looking for those things that you want to write songs about? Like, did you have, did you find yourself from someone who seems very structured and technical with the way that has, at least of his practice with the way you write songs, that was that something that was difficult for you or is that something that really wasn't a problem? Um, you know, it was interesting. I mean, it was an interesting year. And so, the the best way that I can explain it is that when I write songs, I always have an outlet. So I've always got a band that can that can perform them, and so it's 
the, the process of writing a song to me is usually not just sit down and write a song and then what am I going to do with it? I'm always from the beginning of it. I'm thinking about okay, well, what's what's the bass going to do here? What how can I put the horns in? Um, what what are we going to do differently on drums and percussion? And so, without having a band to flesh out those ideas or a band to, to hand sheet music to and say, hey, we've got a new tune, um, it, it kind of was like taking away about eighty percent of the creative process. And so for me early on as I was working on new tunes, I just let myself, I, I, I was not hard on myself because yeah. I just, I didn't have the outlet. Um, and, and it just, it got to a point where I was like, look, it's okay if all that you do is come up with some ideas. It's okay if you come up with tons of, you know, um, audio recordings on your phone of, of late night guitar licks or something like that. It's, and it's totally okay if you come up with nothing. I mean, it was just such a, such a different time, you know, creatively, but, but I didn't look at it in terms of, is it hard or easy for me to, to find something to write? It was just difficult for me to follow it through the full creative process because I just didn't have my band there. Um, so that was really, that was really what was difficult about the last years is not being able to, to, to hand a group of people some she music and say, Hey, we're going to work on a new tune today. That, that, that part stung the most. I've been a part of a couple of bands that have, that have had um, six, seven, eight members in it. I don't think I've been a part of a nine-piece band uh, yet. But um, one of the things that I, I'm very impressed with is the way that not only you collaborate, but you've got this group that shows up for shows. A lot of people that that, that um, don't put bands together, maybe haven't even been part of a big band, may not, may not get this, but I'm, I'm curious. How do you keep that size of a band together? Uh, that 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 is, I mean, it's it's tough. Everybody has lives outside of what they do. Um, you know, a lot of folks sometimes, yeah, I hate to say it, but some people just want to perform for money. When you perform in a big band, there's not as much to go around as when you do like a yeah. smaller three piece band or something like that. Uh, for all the musicians that that listen to this show, I'm I'm curious, how do you seem to have such a good track record? of uh, not only having such great musicians, but having them actually show up and continue moving forward with your music from show after show? Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, um, well, well, there's two, two ways to kind of answer it that, that, that both happen simultaneously. One is a little bit more technical in that it does take a lot. To, to schedule and um, and so for, for for us to get shows on the books and even have like a run of shows that that are coming up in August and September, it takes a lot of a lot of scheduling, a lot of texting, a lot of following up with people. Hey, you know, you you said you were going to check on this date. You know, need need to know you know ASAP kind of thing. Um, and and so there's there's that component of it, and then just making sure that you're getting a definite yes from everybody before you go ahead and book that gig. But the other part of it, um, you know, I think one of the reasons we're able to keep this group together um, is because I, I think everybody comes to the table prepared, uh, especially if we know that we have a rehearsal and we only have, a, you know, two-hour window on Thursday before a show. And everybody shows up knowing, okay, like, this is all that we have. We better come, you know, prepared. This is not – we're not figuring out notes. We're not – you know, asking questions about, um, you know, what's on the page where we're, each person's ready to go. And I think 
if everybody individually shows up and they're ready, then they're, you know, expecting the other people to be ready. And so people show up and, and they're, no one's really, you know, lagging behind. Um, and I, so I think everybody respects each other in that way. I also think it's, it's that this group does something that no other group does for, for the members in the band. So, you know, pretty much everybody has other projects that they work on and it's, it's not anything like what, what GSATS is. And so I think sort of that curiosity of, well, what's this next GSATS set going to be like, or what's this new tune going to be like when they know it's going to be different and kind of satisfying a different, you know, itch than, than other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of cool. I, I dig that. Um, yeah. You've got you've got some dates coming up. Uh, Charleston Poorhouse on August seventh, right after the music starts streaming on on Spotify. End uh, mm-hmm. of coffee uh, Friday, August twentieth. The Grateful Dog Festival, <laughs> of course you're playing at that in Florence <laughs> um, on the twenty eighth, and then you're looking at one eighty five King Street up in Brevard on September eighteenth. I I don't ask this question enough. If I get emails all the time. I will hear this, and I, and I, I get this from people all over the United States. I, I never ask people where their favorite place is to play. I, I don't want to put you in a in a pickle with anybody yeah. that you may uh, you know you may have friends with while you're uh, while you're touring around or getting gigs. But I'm curious yeah. if you're if you're talking around South Carolina, what are some of y'all's favorite places to play? Where, where do you seem to have really good crowds? You really enjoy it, um, and uh, if, if there was like a, a you know two or three places you would tell people, Oh, you got to come see us here. Where, where would those places be? Yeah. Well, um, I'll answer, I'll answer with one that, that stands out. And this is a safe answer because it's probably not going to, you know, uh, irk anybody, but the, the Mardi Gras fest at, um, city roots farm every yeah. year that has been, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> we, we've played that now, I think, uh, maybe three years, three or four years. And it is, it's it is it's such an amazing day because there's so many different kinds of bands there's so many different kinds of people it's i mean the crowd crosses over with each other i mean in between songs you can hear a band across the property playing from the stage i mean it's it's just such a fun day and it's really just just a huge fun kind of party sort of at the end of spring and um it really just feels like it's it's signaling like okay it's about to get warmer it's about to get you know sunnier out um but that one i mean stands stands um stands out even though it's not you know like a specific venue it's just an event um you know you mentioned poorhouse we love playing at charleston poorhouse and again i mean i've i've got ties down there and and grew up going to shows there and, and have played there several times in the past and that's it's always fun to go down there um, we played Greenville a fair amount too, and, and really liked being up there. We played Fall for Greenville years ago. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, in in Columbia, we're we're trying to find stages that are that are you know big enough to, for, right. for us, um, <laughs> yeah. geographically yeah. big enough. So you mentioned that White Mule show that we played, which was so much fun, but we were we were scrunched up oh, there. Yeah. So we yeah. <laughs> we love we love White Mule, you know, um, and and hope hope we can. You know, hope, hope things open up back there so we can so we can play there this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are Mardi Gras is just such a fun fun time, and 
and if if there any any musicians out there listening that haven't played that that gig, it's um it, you you should try to to play it at least once because it's just so much fun. I think I think it was two years or the, whenever the last time they actually had one in 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 person or I guess it was two years ago because they didn't have one this past mm-hmm. year, right? Right, um, right. I live I live about four blocks from there. Um, I remember the last year I played in two bands that day, and I yeah. I was worn out, and I had never yeah. had more fun. And you're and you're right. The, the 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 mix of bands and the people that are there. I mean, it is a completely underrated festival. It's awesome. Oh yeah. Everybody's everybody's having a blast. The music couldn't be more different. And everywhere you turn, there's another band. Somehow the sound keeps from bouncing off each other. I still have not figured out how they do that there. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that is an underrated festival. Speaking speaking of which, go another direction here before we have to cut yeah. off. A, a couple years ago, Mark Rapp, um, the jazz ambassador for, for South Carolina, was, was on the show. And he and I were having a conversation about how, um, you know, there, there's so many underrated jazz musicians and, and an incredible talent that seems to exist here in the Midlands and, and throughout South Carolina. And then, and, and I, I, I think we both really kind of pushed it out that the, the arts community in South Carolina, I think is incredibly un, like underrated. Um, mm. One of the things I, I really dig is the, uh, the difference in musicians that we have here, especially throughout the, the, the Midlands, uh, the, the different variety that we have as far as music and the fact that even though geographically we may be all related, it doesn't seem like that music seems to be that way. Um, mm. You play with a lot of different musicians who, like you said, play with a lot of different side projects. Yeah. I, I figure you're probably a good person as any to ask. Why do you think that is? Is that number one? Is that something that you see as well? And, and if you could put a guess over why we see that here in South Carolina, what do you think that is? Why we see it uh, uh, in terms of like uh, underrated? Um, not so, not so much with it being underrated, but just with it, or if you want to speak to that, you can. But why does it seem like we have that? We have such a a, a neat mixture of musicians here. I'm just curious if, if uh, you know why you think that is. Well, I mean, there's probably a few reasons. I mean, I know that there's some really. Um, really great jazz players for like you know somebody like amos hoffman who's in columbia um and you know i don't know all the reasons you know why he's here versus a place like new york but i mean i know that obviously like living living in columbia uh you know the cost of living is so low and there's a there's a pretty good scene here i know um you know like zach bingham um who was at the university and then moved to nashville a few years and then moved back he's back in town now too um so I do think that that living in Columbia, I know you, you have a low cost of living, and you're close to Charleston, you're close to Charlotte, Greenville. So if you're going to do some some gigs, some jazz gigs out of town, it's pretty easy to, to to get to some cities that are close by. You know, the other thing is we've got university, and of course I'm I'm biased because I have you know an undergrad and a master's from the USC School of Music, and so there are a lot of people that come here to study and a lot of faculty. Uh, so Craig Butterfield is our, our bass player um, in our band. He's a faculty member at, at the School of Music, also plays in Boomtown Trio and, and plays some jazz gigs uh, around town and has played with tons of people. So, I mean, I, I think I think maybe it just has to, a lot of it can have to do with the fact that it's a you know, low cost of living and there's there's a decent you know scene here to be able to, to make a decent living and, and um, 
you know, not have to compete with, with the things that you compete with in a, in a big city. Um, I think that's probably, probably as good an answer as I could probably give if I was going to guess. Well, you got you guys certainly do have some. Again, like I opened the show, I, I mean, you guys have some incredible musicians. I mean, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that you know, with with your degree that you have there, that you've got somebody from on the faculty and staff um, at the music department. I mean, it, it is it is very apparent whenever you listen to your band, very accomplished musicians. But your music is just soulful and fun, and I love it. If people yeah. want to find out more about you and the band and what's coming up, or hear some of your music, where can they go? Uh, well, our our, our uh, website is uh, www.gfats, so George Fetner and the Strays, the acronym, um, gfats.com, and um, we've got everything up there, but we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, you know, our Instagram is, I think it's uh, gfats strays, um, and we're on Spotify as well, I mean, if you, if you look up George Fetner and Strays on Spotify, we've got all of our dates listed there and that's where you can you can find it find our music too um but you know if all it fails just stick with gfats.com excellent excellent well listen i i can't wait to hear the new album it's i mean coming out just around the corner uh, hopefully i'll be able to catch you guys at, at one of these uh gigs whenever you're co- either when you're coming through town or if i'm that way George, listen, I, I really can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. I think your music is incredible. I cannot say that enough. And I really hope some folks come out and see you guys because I, I do think you're one of the premier bands in, in our area. And I think more and more people need to hear your music. Thanks so much, man, for coming on and, and spending time with us today. Well, thank you, Chad, so much for the time and, and for all the for all the kind words. It, it means a lot. And yeah, we've we, we hope the next couple months are going to be are going to be a big splash for us. So yeah. thanks again for having me on. It certainly is nice having having live music back again, and <laughs> it's great. Yes, I mean, sir. The virtual <laughs> stuff's great, and you guys did a good job with that. But it's nice nice being there for those powerful performances, man. Looking forward to seeing the oh, next yeah. one. Thanks a lot. Day turns cold. But you know there's a turn that'll come and warm it. So I'm told. Transform and tell me more So I can't decide If I climb outside and give me hope So I rise above I know I get out in I need love, I need love like a rocket Blasting off, getting much too high I can change, I can change the world with I want to thank George Fetner for joining us again. What a what a great guy and what a, what an incredible musician. I'm going to tell you their their band. You can tell by some of the music that music is his music. Um, it is uh, they've got a, an incredible horn section. I, I do know a couple of the the folks they've had up there. Uh, they the the whole the whole crew of musicians that he has is fantastic. Seeing them, they're one of those bands that when you see them live, 
you know that no recording is ever going to do it justice. And he's got some great stuff that's recorded. You know, check it out. Go to G Fats, George Fetner and the Strays, and go check out their their stuff. We'll obviously have a bunch of their links up on our on our page if you have a hard time finding it. But they uh, they're one of those bands that their recordings are great. I'm not knocking them, but when you see them live, it's it, it's that it, it, we don't we don't say that enough about about the bands that fit that mold. And I and I think there's something really uh, really amazing about those types of bands. When you're just a better live band, that means you are all in it on the performances and the the talent level or your ability to play and perform is just top-notch if you can beat the feeling you get on a recording. I'm not talking about just the ambiance and everything. I mean I mean the sound. And George is one of those rare groups that that that, that does it. So uh, really appreciate, appreciated him being on. Blah, blah, blah. Tripping over my words tonight uh it's 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 been a it's been a week it's been a week uh getting ready to, to take off with the family could go do a little camping this weekend looking forward to getting away and doing that but uh gotta get through work all this podcasting stuff before we do it one of the things that george brought up was uh was collaborating with an uh with the other band members it's one of the things that i i really um it really struck me about what, what he said. Whenever I think about him, I think about him as the songwriter. He is he is basically the architect of everything that they do. But everybody's influences come in, and they add a little bit more to it. It was something that I I, I knew was greatly missing from my life when I got back together with, with my band, and we started playing, and and warming up and remembering all the old songs, but then suddenly saying, hey, have we, have we thought about maybe doing uh, this song? One of the things that was really hard is during quarantine, as I'm sure a lot of other musicians wanted to do this, some of them were successful. Our boy Don Merkel's got a new album coming out. He wrote it during quarantine. But with us, there's a couple of us that tried to collaborate, and it just wasn't the same. We tried. And we just pitched everything to the side. I've got some stuff that I've done and I'm still working on for other maybe just solo project stuff. But I never felt like anything was fitting what the band does. And and I play with this. I've been playing with this band for years. It took me a few practices to realize being there in person and collaborating means hearing every good and every bad note. It means hearing the mistakes. Sometimes whenever we're sitting around and collaborating, I'll all of a sudden look over at somebody and say, ooh, ooh, what was that? What, what, what did you just do? And, and they'll look at me like, I don't know, Chad. I'm screwed up. I, I, I messed up. I don't know what it was. No, no, whatever that was. C- can do it again. Uh, David Hunt, uh, the drummer for our band, is <laughs> like just tired of me saying that. Hey, dude, just do that again. I have no idea what it just did, Chad. But there is something about that where you get the good and the bad, and everybody's together. And I hear this little thing, and I kind of riff around on it. Then Michael riffs around on it, and suddenly we've got something we're trying that's new and different. It doesn't. It doesn't take a lot to see where I'm going with this. As the world has been torn apart more and more. We like to look at the stuff that's easy to blame. 
One of the things that I think we forget is the self-care that's involved in our own daily lives. Yes, that word, that word that everybody everybody hates hearing, that A word, accountable. You're accountable for yourself. You're accountable for your self-care. You, you, got, to, you got to watch out for yourself. Make sure you're doing all right. But at the same time, I think one of the things we've forgotten is as we've been looking inward to make sure that we're okay, it takes outward people sometimes to fill those gaps and those voids for us. And Zoom calls and emails and texts just don't do it the way being in front of each other does. The other part of that is the mistakes. I don't know when we became a country. I don't think it's new. I think it's been around for a while. But I don't know when we became a country or much. I don't know when we became a world where if someone makes a mistake, it nullifies them from ever being able to do anything ever again. Ladies and gentlemen, every artist makes a mistake. Some of their best music comes from it. Some of their best paintings come from it. Sculptures come from it. Poems. Books. Every speechwriter makes a mistake. Every teacher makes a mistake. Preachers make mistakes. Everybody does. And looking to keep score instead of looking to build off of it, to wrap a, a nice bow around it and try something different, to look for a silver lining, is, is not only doing ourselves a disservice, but, but everybody that's around us. I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned more and more every day at the suicide rate in, in, in this country. It is uh, rampant amongst younger teens, but it is extremely prevalent in older folks as well. Um, and when I say older folks, I don't mean seniors. I mean all of us like here now. I think far too often we've forgotten about collaboration and, and what it can sound like and, and how it can make us feel and how important that is and how we have to be bold enough to, ha to make mistakes. And if you're in a room full of people that you can't make mistakes with, then go get in another room. We, we've, we've hit a point in our life where we've gotten so picky and nasty with each other. I promise you there are people out there. Those picky and nasty people either need to, need to be together in their own room making themselves miserable, and hopefully what it does is it helps them to see that this is not a way to live and they turn their life around. But you don't need to waste your energy on that. Go find your people. Make something wonderful happen. I, I've heard this before. I don't know if this is true. But there's something about certain Japanese art. It's like clay pottery or something where they, they take something that's been cracked and they keep it and they like it and they put it back together because where the cracks are sealed is where it's the strongest and where it tells a story of what that has been through. I don't know if that's true, but the imagery is beautiful. I have too many cracks. <laughs> too many cracks to ever be someone who claims to be porcelain smooth. Nor do I want to be. I love playing in a band full of people that make mistakes all the time. It's, it's where we get better the very next time. 
I love listening to somebody like George talk about that collaboration and how those different backgrounds come together and they form something different that not each background has. It, it's kind of like what we used to say this country was. That, that is a tried and true theory that you should follow. Collaborating with other people, especially folks that are different from you, is so important. George's music certainly does it. George plays a great style. He's got a really cool voice. They have a great act. They've got wonderful musicians, and, they're, and, and they all come together to add something to it. Where are you with that? Are you with a group where you get to add something to it? If not, maybe you need to start it. Maybe instead of sitting around waiting for somebody else to do it, that's your place. Are you somewhere where people don't want your contribution? Be bold. Go find another place. Life is too short. Way too short. More on that next week. But I want you to think about that. Where can you find your outlets? Where can you find your creativity? Where can you find your band? Maybe you're never going to be on stage, but find those people that you can do this with. I, 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 I hearken back to a lesson I learned from the great John Crest, coach of the College of Charleston men's basketball team, guy I had the opportunity to work for for two years, and they were two of the most important years of education that I ever got. One of the things that I remember him saying one time is it doesn't matter how good you are as an individual. That doesn't matter. You can be good, but you'll never get to be the greatest you could ever be until you surround yourself with people who care. Try that. I promise you'll love the outcome. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show any support is greatly appreciated if you'd like to drop us a line send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com thanks for coming in see you next week this podcast is part of a local bar media for this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.